Hello, I'm Jesse Walls from Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church. We're a church seeking to make disciple-making disciples of Jesus. Thank you to Life FM for continuing to host us. Today, as we look to God's Word, our reading is Colossians 2, so you can begin looking that up now. This sermon was recorded live at Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church, and the preacher is David Wood from Reforming Church in Bendigo. So let's read Colossians chapter 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Dear Lord, we thank you that we can come here today. We do pray that you'll help us to look to you. We pray that you will use uh, me as your servant and um, it won't be the words that I speak, but we'll listen to the words that you say and we pray that you will 
Help us today to learn from you and to grow in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Colossians 2 is quite a long passage. Um, Just a little bit of background to the Colossians. Paul wrote this probably from prison in Rome. Where was it written to? It was written to the church in Colossae. Colossae was about 150 k's inland in what is what was called then Asia, but it's nowhere near the Asia that we know. It was a Roman province called Asia, and it was in modern Turkey on the sort of Greek side of Turkey. Colossae was in an area known for sheep and wool, and in some respects, it's actually a little bit like Bendigo. There's 150 k's inland. Uh, did you know that the Australian Sheep and Wool Show, which some of you might have been to, we actually run a clothing business, so we sell a bit of stuff there. It's the biggest sheep and wool show in the world, and they get about 30,000 people to it. So... In respect, it was similar. Colossi was actually part of three towns, which included Laodicea and Hierapolis, and um, a bit like Bendigo, Eaglehawk. Uh, they were about 20 k's apart. So if you can imagine, Paul wrote this letter to Colossi, but he also asked for it to be read out in Laodicea and um, mentions Heropolis there at the same time. The fact that it was maybe a similar rural in, rural city type of thing or group of rural cities to us, what's that got to do with us today? Well, what I want to do is go through Colossians 2 today and just see whether it is relevant today and how it applies to us. I'll just give you a little bit of context for Colossians, because we're in Colossians 2, so um, Colossians 1 talks about how Paul is extremely thankful for the Colossians. They've taken the message that uh, of Christ and they've applied it. And so he's very thankful for them. He's prayerful that they will grow in spiritual wisdom and bear fruit. He also stresses that Jesus is God. He's not just a part of God or he's not, Jesus Christ is God. He was there since the beginning. Uh, everything was created and is held together through Jesus. And Jesus is the only hope of our salvation, the only way that we can get back to a whole relationship with our Creator. That's important for what we're looking at today. Paul has been through trials toils and hardships as we learn elsewhere in the Bible but he's really thankful for the faith and the discipline of the Colossians. Let's read uh, Colossians 2 verses 1 to 7 again. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, in whom 
are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in in the faith, just as you are taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We have received Jesus as our Lord. We need to walk in Jesus. We need to be rooted in Jesus. We need to be built in him. Those words come through and through again, Colossians. We need to be in Christ, not apart from Christ. And so chapter 1 has kind of set the scene, okay, this is who we are. Where do we need to let Jesus into our lives? Into our hopes, our dreams, our words, our relationships, our homes, our friendships, our outlook and into our belief systems. Salvation isn't the end of the journey. It's the start of a journey. Yet so often we are distracted. We've just read in verse 4 that no one may delude you by plausible arguments. If we continue in verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. What influences you? What do you believe? What do you value? Are we actually captive to Christ? Or are we captive to our culture? Often where we grew up affects us um, and determines our belief systems. Sometimes we have to look back at them and say, okay, I actually need to change my, my belief system so that I'm firmly rooted in Christ. I grew up in Melbourne, although I would have liked to have grown up in the country. We moved houses in school often. I went to public schools and private schools. I am thankful that my parents were followers of Christ. And growing up, like all of us, I had struggles and triumphs. I consider myself blessed to grow up in Australia. But so much of our world is just self-seeking and evolutionary. Where did you grow up? There's people here who probably didn't grow up in Australia. Um, We have people that were forming from um, South America, from South Africa, from different parts of Asia. We all grew up in different places and we all grew up with certain belief systems. And as we grow in Christ, we have to submit our belief systems to Christ. Is our life shaped by Christ or is it shaped by the world? When it says, see see to it that no one takes you captive, it could be translated as stealing a ship's cargo. So often we follow other people's empty ideas and it just leaves us empty. Galatians 4 
verses 8 to 11 says, Formerly you did not know God. You were enslaved by those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have laboured over you in vain. It must have been frustrating for Paul to see believers led astray by the empty ideas and traditions of the world. Just like the Colossians, we can be self-reliant. We are told that we can believe in ourselves for anything. We're told that good works is a path to heaven. We have a whole woke movement at the moment, which is just a fashionable thing to do but has no basis. What are the, some of the mantras that we have or that we hear? Be true to yourself. You do you. Live your best life. Are these based on Christ? Getting back to Colossae, it was a very mixed society in Colossae. The local people were the Phrygians, who had a god, Sibylle, who is also considered the mother of nature, similar to what we have today, which some people believe. The Greeks had gods, including Zeus and Venus. The Romans had gods, including Apollo, Vulcan and Neptune. There were also a large number of Jews in the area who had different forms of Judaism much like our society. We have so many different belief systems, so many gods. This society then had changed already. About 500 BC, there was all the Greek philosophers who changed the way of thinking to more our way of thinking now. About 1000 BC, alphabets and languages were all developed. Uh, there was political systems, there was democracies, there was competitions, there was sport, there was entertainment. Why do I say this? Because it's not that different. Sometimes we think we're so developed in our society, but we're not. Music, arts and theatre had become popular, and poets and writing, especially from the Greek influence. Individual thought and opinion abounded, Philosophers were everywhere with a mix of ideas and religions. Around the area of Colossae, Greek Hellenistic philosophy was popular, which was also known as, including what was known as dualism. Dualism basically believed that anything matter, physical, was evil and anything spirit was good. So the world was an evil place and anything spiritual was a good thing. So from this, they developed all these rules, ways of doing things. If you denied pleasure, it made you holy. If you did certain spiritual things, you were better or worse, depending on 
what the philosophy was in your area. Syncretism became popular. You could mix different ideas, different gods. In fact, some of the Greek gods and some of the Roman gods, they kind of blended together eventually. And um, you'll find that the Phrygian god Sibylle also became, was considered the same god as the Roman god. But what it meant was you could get lots of belief systems, any religious idea, put it all in a pot and have that um, as your belief system. Is that any different today? We have the same thing. You can mix a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of New Age philosophy, a little bit of man's idea of science, put it all together and mix it up. But say that there is one truth, one God, one way, and you're weird out on the fringes, not accepted. And I don't think that's any different today. Some of the things that we can believe today and some of the things that are taught from our school and in our schools is that I am the centre of the universe. Everything revolves around me. The commitment is something dependent on how I feel at the time. Marriage and parenthood are optional. That freedom is to do what I want when I want to. That truth is subjective and my opinion or my experience is the only reality. That my body is free to change depending on how I feel. That climate change is the greatest challenge facing the world today and that humans are the worst creatures alive. That we should believe in the so-called science of evolutionary theory that is taught as a fact. That fair is me getting what I want. That we are to live for our entertainment, for TV, gaming, social media, with no regard to our Lord Jesus Christ. We have music that feeds the sinful nature rather than our nature in Christ. Money, another theory is that money makes the world go round. Enough of that. What should our life be based on? Let's read further into Colossians, verses 9. For in him the fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you were, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This is, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over, the, over them. What we do, whatever we do in our life, our response should be in him, with him, through him. As a church, you've been reading through Deuteronomy. 
and it's actually really relevant here. Um, it's, it basically shows some of the heart of God once they'd um, left Egypt, the Israelites had left Egypt. I'll just read a little bit from Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 to 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God with all your heart, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve him, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you for your own good. And verse 16, Circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. What does all this mean? God is much more interested in our spiritual state than our physical state. God is concerned with our heart condition far more than our bodies, what we eat or what we dress. When we are baptised, it is about turning our heart over to Christ. This is the circumcision of Christ. Our old self is buried and we are raised to a new life of Christ, in Christ. This is letting Christ into the deepest part of your life, overcoming stubbornness and letting Christ in and do the change. So what pulls us away from Christ? Let's read the rest of Colossians 2 from verse 16. Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on ascetism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind's mind and not holding fast to the head, for whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth, growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that are all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and ascetism and severity asceticism and severity of the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Now you're probably wondering what asceticism is. Uh, it's to do with the dualism from the Greek Hellenistic thought that taught the body was evil and spiritual was good. And so some people would say you had to get rid of everything material in order to be spiritual. Some people would say that you had to just concentrate on spiritual things and not nothing to do with actually living life to be spiritual. The other things mentioned here were worship of angels and heavenly be beings. I don't think we really worship angels, but we worship pop stars, movie stars, sports stars. If that's all we talk about, it might be a problem going on in details about vision, translated in Greek, to see with the eyes or to see with the mind or perceive. We have constant news and streaming. 
it's easy to be drawn in and obsessed by the latest Netflix series. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, inflated by his human mind. Sometimes people carry on and on about their opinion about things, never wanting to know how God feels about it. Uh, If we read Proverbs, we'll soon understand that we don't know that much. First, when he says, with Christ, you died to the elemental or basic principles of this world. In Mark 7, verses 6 to 8, Jesus quoted Isaiah, and this is what he quoted. This people honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of a man. We need to eat, to worship, to dream, to think. God created us and this world and he likes us to enjoy the creations, but this is not our primary purpose. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus on the cross as we celebrate in communion. We've been brought into a new life with Christ as we celebrate through baptism. Instead of judging what others eat or drink, let's examine ourselves. We need to lay everything at Jesus' feet. We need to be in Christ, for Christ, through Christ. Do you like gardening? Great. Do it. In Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. Are you a vegan? Great. Do it in Christ, for Christ, through Christ. Do you love meat? Great. Do it in Christ, for Christ, through Christ. Do you like to paint, play music? Great. Do it in Christ, through Christ, for Christ. Do you like exercise, sport? Great. Do it in Christ, through Christ, for Christ. So many things we can do, but why are we doing them and how have we submitted them to God? Does freedom mean doing your own thing? It is not about doing it. Life is not about doing your own thing. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about pleasing people. It's about creating a place where who we are, what we do, brings us closer to Christ and help others grow. Today we read Deuteronomy 12 in the earlier reading. Verse 8 says, You shall do not... You shall not do according to all that we are doing here today, everyone doing right in his own eyes. We're not here to please ourselves. We have a higher judge. Our motto should be to live in Christ, for Christ, through Christ. We are set apart from the world we live in. We can meet together as church, and talk about these things, be accepted, but we meet together for Christ. The good news is that Jesus made a way from us out of our sinfulness and destruction. He set us free, nailing our sins to the cross. We are now, we've moved to a position of being in Christ. This week, 
be great to look at every part of our lives and examine them with the question, is my life in Christ, through Christ, for Christ? So what's actually close to our hearts? These days things have changed uh, and a few years ago someone invented an amazing thing called a pocket where we put all our stuff. In our pockets we carry our car keys. And I actually spoke at Reforming a few weeks ago and mentioned this and it's like my first card, some people will know what this is, but my first car was a Ford Cortina. Some people will go, what's that? Uh, it didn't last very long until I crashed into a tree. Um, but after I crashed into a tree, I realised I should commit my car to God. So every time I get a car now, I pray, God, help me to use my car for your glory. On our keys, we also have our house key. When we move into a house or have a house, do we say, let it be for Christ? In our pockets, we also carry our wallet. And a lot of our life is connected to our wallet. We have our health cards. We have our driver's license. We have our banking details. With all those things, do we submit them to Christ? A lot of us also have our phones. I've been using Spotify lately and um, I've actually loved Spotify because of the Christian music I can find and put on there and different types of music. It's not just what you hear somewhere, but um, there's apps on your phone, there's things, there's time you spend. How do you put all of that thing, that, those type of things under Christ? Every part of our life needs to be submitted to Christ. We have salvation, but we need to grow, and that's what Paul is asking us to do here. Our cars, our families, our homes, our emotions, our thoughts, our money, our time, our hobbies should all be in Christ. I, I encourage you this week just to look at those things and I find even as I get older and um, I find that there's more and more things that you go, okay, have I actually given that to Christ? Even today, I'm not used to public speaking. Coming up here, it's like I prayed that God would take away the fears that I'd grown up with and the fears had come from, from public speaking and they'd come from when I was a kid and you're at school and you had to go up and speak at the front, everyone was scared. So I'd taken on those fears. And it's like, no, let's just hand it over to Christ and let him do his work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that we can come here today. We thank you that we've come here to look to you, to worship you and to understand your word. I pray that you'll be with us this week. Help us to submit all our lives to you. I pray that you'll continue, continue to do your good work in us and 
through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Jesse Walls from Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church, and I pray you've been blessed as you've spent this time in God's Word. Next week, we'd love to have you join us in person for our service at 10am. I hope to see you there. And as always, if you'd like to make a comment on what you've heard today, you have a question, or you're looking for a church, then please get in contact with us. Our website is eaglehawkpc.org.au. You can also contact us through Facebook or Instagram. God bless you.